What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We are going over my projected stat leaders at every position for the most important metrics. It's applicable to fantasy, but it's also a fun exercise for us to both contemplate, me and you, the one listening, to contemplate who we think will lead each category coming into this season. Fun little exercise to look back on when it's all said and done, see what we got right, what we got wrong. So we're doing that, and we've also got some hot takes. And when we get to the hot takes, I will just say take them somewhat seriously because you're going to think they're crazy. You really are. You're going to look at these hot takes or I guess hear these hot takes and say, man, Brandon, you are out of your mind. That's not going to happen. But I'll tell you this. While my hot takes are extremely hot, I have about a 50% hit rate, and that's pretty high for hot takes because usually people are going out on a limb saying something crazy, and they're right maybe one out of every four, right? Well, last year I hit on about half of them, and a lot of them are almost exactly what I actually have projected or super, super close and in the realm of possibility of what I project. So I have a lot of basis why I have my hot takes, but we'll do that at the end. Let's start with our stat leaders, what I'm projecting for the best quarterback metrics, and we'll start with passing yardage. Who do I think, if everyone stays healthy, everyone plays 16 games, and you know it's like a perfect Madden season, right? There's no injuries. You got injuries turned off. Who do I think would lead the NFL in passing yardage? It's got to be Dak Prescott. It has to be, because one, You're looking at a team that does not have a defense. The Cowboys do not have a defense. They try to have a defense, and they might have a linebacking core, but as a whole, their defense is almost non-existent. When the Eagles and the Washington football team and the New York Giants are all in practice doing just, you know, running routes and getting some chemistry going between the quarterbacks and the receivers and timing and all that stuff down, and there's no defense on the field. That's what it's going to be like when they play the Cowboys. So because of that, Dak Prescott's going to probably be one of the leaders, if not the leader, in total pass attempts on the season. This is assuming he's healthy, and it seems like he's on track, good to go. So I have no problem with that. And last year, in 16 games, he was projected, or not projected, he was on pace for over 6,500 passing yards. Now you add an extra game this season. And I have him projected for 5,900. So that's 600 less than what he was on pace for, despite having an extra game. So I'm basically knocking off like, oh man, I put myself in a pickle. Gotta do some quick math. Uh, 500, like 60 yards a game passing I'm knocking off of what he was doing last year. So... That's a pretty big dip, and he's got amazing receivers. He's got a good O-line, and he's going to have to throw early and often. So Dak Prescott is my projected passing yardage leader for the season upcoming, and it's not even close. 
Like I said, 5,932 to be exact. Patrick Mahomes is second for me at 5,439. So that's a huge gap. If Dak Prescott can stay healthy, I'm pretty confident that he will lead the NFL in passing yards. Now let's talk about passing touchdowns. This is more like which quarterback is the most talented because this is where you see the better names. Now it's also dependent upon volume because you know some guys they would be able to score a lot more touchdowns obviously if their offense allowed them to throw more despite being super talented russell wilson if he was able to throw as much as patrick mahomes does as much as tom brady does russell wilson would absolutely lead the league in touchdown passes yet that's not the case and that's why he's at three for me but number one i think is patrick mahomes i have him at 42 passing touchdowns this season i have tom brady at 41 passing touchdowns this season so that's my one and two like i said russell wilson is actually tied at third with matthew stafford and that's a name you're gonna hear a lot from me both in the hot take section and right now so stafford he's in a great situation he is more efficient than jared goff despite being in a worse way worse situation Right, And he's been dealing with his own injuries. He's had Kenny Galladay hurt. Marvin Jones has missed time. The offensive line was not really in a worse place than the Rams. And he had a horrible coaching staff and a horrible offensive scheme. Now, he's getting the best of every single pretty, every single thing, pretty much. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, huge upgrade in the wide receiver room. Tyler Higby, I mean, compared to TJ Hawkinson as a rookie and like a sophomore, not really... You know, not really big of a difference there. So you, you're drawn even right there. And the scheme is just going to be out of this world compared to what he had. The coaching is going to be out of this world compared to what he had. Like, it's just going to be night and day difference. You are going to see why they gave up so much for Stafford. A lot of people gave him a hard time, right? But if there's a team that beats the Bucks, it's going to be this Rams team. If there's a team that beats the Bucks out of the NFC, it's going to be the Rams and it's going to be a similar story to last year with the Bucks. They acquired a veteran quarterback. A lot of people are out on him. He really just needed some weapons and some help to rejuvenate. And that's exactly what's going to happen with Stafford. So I like Stafford a lot. He's, uh, I think, my QB6 in fantasy this year. So I love where he's being drafted around like QB11. But anyways, that's what I got for passing touchdowns. Now let's talk about the rushing side of the quarterbacks. Obviously, the lead rusher projected for me is going to be Lamar Jackson. I have him projected for 1,034 rushing yards. That's definitely less on a per-game basis than any of his seasons so far. Why do I think it's going to be that way? Because they added Sammy Watkins. They added Rashad Bateman. They added Tylen Wallace. Lamar Jackson has a lot better weapons now, and I think they're going to probably throw a little bit more than usual. So I think the offense is going to change a little bit, but Lamar Jackson is still by far the best runner among the quarterbacks in the NFL. So I have him at one. Jalen Hurts I have at two at 918 rushing yards. So just under 100 yards less than Lamar, but that's if Hurts can start the whole year, which he brings a lot of risk in terms of that. So let's move on to rushing touchdowns. Cam Newton I have leading at 10. Now you probably say, Cam Newton's not going to start the whole year, especially because Mac Jones, I will, I got to admit, Mac Jones looked pretty good in the preseason game, but we didn't get much reps from Cam, and other than the sack, which was really not even on Cam that much, I mean, Chase Young blew by that tackle and got to Cam relatively quickly, quickly, but Cam Newton, I think, other than that sack, looked pretty good, so I, I like, 
I like Cam. I really do. I like him this year. I think he's going to start the whole year because that team is going to be really good. And I don't see Bill Belichick pulling Cam if the Patriots have a winning record and Cam is not playing bad. And it's kind of hard for him to play bad with a bunch of weapons, legs, a healthy shoulder now, and a good defense. So he has no reason to be super risky or do anything crazy. So I like Cam a lot. He's who I have at the lead. And then I have a three-way tie for second most at rushing touchdowns. It's Josh Allen. Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, I have them all projected for eight rushing touchdowns. So just to recap the quarterback real quick, I think Dak Prescott will have the most passing yards. Patrick Mahomes will have the most passing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson will have the most rushing yards. And Cam Newton will have the most rushing touchdowns. Now, before I get into the running backs, I just want to apologize. If I sound nasally, it's because I am. I got allergies in August. That's just how it always is for me. So I've been actually, I haven't recorded a podcast. You guys know I do three a week. I haven't recorded a podcast in just over a week because I'm usually three ahead when I'm recording and I am completely caught up. I am recording this hours before it comes out. So uh, I'm trying to gonna have to grind a little bit here and get back ahead of the game. So I didn't, I couldn't wait any longer, obviously, otherwise I would ruin the schedule. So still a little nasally, but let's move on. Uh, just want to let you guys know, give you an update. So let's talk about running backs. Rushing yardage. Who is going to be the leader? I think it's going to be really close. A lot of people are going to say Derrick Henry, and it's not close. I think it's very close. First off, if you look at history, what history tells us, it's a small sample size, but there's about eight running backs that have ran for 2,000 rushing yards in a season. Their yard per carry average, the following season, the direct following season, yards per carry drops by about a yard, a full yard. That would be saying Derrick Henry will be in the low fours or mid fours yards per carry. And that's not even to say, what if he get, doesn't get the same amount of volume? They got Julio Jones now with A.J. Brown, and their defense is not really any better. It, you could make the argument that their defense is worse. Who knows? So it, it's it's reasonable to say he's going to get less volume and be less efficient. But that's off history. If you think about the fact and the context of, hey, they added Julio Jones, you can make the argument Derrick Henry is going to be more efficient. So it's super difficult to project Derrick Henry in terms of what he's going to do on the ground. So I'm kind of in the middling, you know, possibilities because he could obviously go over 2,000. He did it last year. Now there's an extra game. And Julio Jones there might help his efficiency. But he could be way less than that because that's what history suggests and because he might get less volume. I have him projected to be the rushing yards king, once again, King Henry, at 1,771 rushing yards. Then Dalvin Cook is my RB2 for this category at 1,731 rushing yards. So that's very, very close. Derrick Henry, by the way, is one of the safer running backs, in my opinion, in the draft uh, in fantasy this year. So he's somebody that I definitely like taking because he doesn't really have a huge worry factor of injury history. And you know he's going to be in a good offense. And you know he does good despite the receptions. So he is one of the safer guys. His ceiling might not be as high because of the lack of receiving, but his ceiling's pretty high because he is King Henry after all. Now let's talk about touchdowns. I have Christian McCaffrey leading the running back position with total touchdowns. It's receptions and runs. 16 for Christian McCaffrey. Now, whoever the RB1 is in this category is absolutely going to have more than 16 touchdowns on the season. But it's very hard to project more than that. Christian McCaffrey has averaged more than a touchdown per game over the last two and a half seasons. Derrick Henry has averaged more than a touchdown per game over the last, I think, three seasons or two and a half seasons. So 
it's not unreasonable to project like 17, 18 touchdowns for one of these guys. It's just kind of hard when you're breaking down the offense and if you're doing legit projections to do so. So Christian McCaffrey, I have at the lead at 16. And then I have Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. Once again, they were at the top in rushing yards and they're at the top in total projected touchdowns. I have them both at 15. But what about receiving? Now, we all know the easy answer is Christian McCaffrey. I have him for 102 receptions, the most at the running back position. Who is number two, though? That's the question. I think it's a toss-up between three guys. You've got Alvin Kamara. He's just been insane with receptions, but it's no guarantee anymore because we don't know who's throwing him the ball. We don't know how many targets he's going to get. There's a lot of questions there in New Orleans. Then you've got Austin Eckler. He's used a lot in the receiving game, but we've got a new coaching staff there. And they're saying that they're going to use a lot of different running backs. So how much is Eckler going to get? And then you've got DeAndre Swift, a team that has, you know, below average wide receivers at best, atrocious wide receivers at worst, and a tight end who's good, but not Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller or George Kittle. And then you've got DeAndre Swift, who's a great receiver. So he could, and Jared Goff loves to check down. So he could reasonably be second. And I actually have them all pretty close to each other. But I think that DeAndre Swift is going to be the second most, and it's really close. Now, it's a little bit more risky because we haven't seen it, and we've seen it from Eckler, but DeAndre Swift I have as the second most receptions at the running back position with 91. Crazy, I know. And this actually will play into the hot take, so I'll try try to save some of my points here for that. Austin Eckler, I have him at 90, so I think he'll have the third most receptions. Then Alvin Kamara will probably come in at four. Also, don't sleep on Najee Harris. Najee Harris is a good sleeper for reception count because if they use him like they use Le'Veon, he could be in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And depending on what happens elsewhere, Saquon's another good one, but I, with how many weapons they have around him, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be that high. But Najee Harris is a good one. Antonio Gibson, possibly, if he takes over even more than I project him to do with McKissick because McKissick is still there. So that's what I have for reception. So just to recap the running backs, King Henry will lead the running backs in rushing yards. Christian McCaffrey will lead them in touchdowns and in receptions. Now let's talk about wide receivers. Let's go with receiving yards to start. I think the number one wide receiver in total receiving yards this year, based off volume and efficiency, he's got a good combo of both, is Calvin Ridley. I have him at 1,698 total receiving yards. That is just shy of 100 per game. He was a absolute beast last season. Nobody can argue that. He was one of the best wide receivers in fantasy, despite having a game. I'm pretty sure it was a zero-point game, and I think it was the Packers. That game drew drove me crazy. I played Calvin Ridley, and obviously, if you had Calvin Ridley, you played him, right? I played Calvin Ridley, and Matt Ryan missed him on two throws where he was wide open. Both would have went to the house. Both would have been 50-plus yard receptions. He could have easily, before halftime, had 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. But instead, despite being wide open, Matt Ryan, who everyone says is super good, missed him twice. So, like, if you took a game out like that, like a super fluky game out like that, he was even more ridiculous. And a lot of people might be worried, hey, Julio Jones is gone. A lot of times we see these super stud wide receiver twos. 
once they have to take over that wide receiver one mantle struggle because they have better corners on them and they'll see double coverage and all this stuff that's not going to be the case with Calvin Ridley I can tell that as a fact because it is a fact if we're looking at history because Julio Jones missed six or seven games last year Calvin Ridley in those games yards per reception did not change catch rate did not change uh what's the other thing catch rate yards per reception oh touchdowns that was the one thing that changed his touchdowns went down a little bit but that's because the whole offense as a whole was worse but in terms of receiving and being a good receiver and getting open and getting it done he was the exact same it's actually insane when I was charting that team and projecting them for the season I was like this can't be right and I double checked triple checked quadruple checked and Calvin Ridley's efficiency was unchanged despite getting better or tougher, I should say, coverage. So you don't have to worry about that being a problem. You know he's going to get mad targets. Kyle Pitts is not going to take all of Julio Jones' targets. So Ridley could reasonably see even more targets this year than last year when Julio was out. Um, or not when Julio was out, but like over the season. So Calvin Ridley's a, a stud. I think he's going to be number one. Stephon Diggs comes in close at number two, 1,610 receiving yards. And A.J. Brown, it's kind of kind of a hot take right there. A.J. Brown, I have third most receiving yards in the NFL this year at 1,577. Having Julio Jones across from him is going to make his life easier than it ever has been. And he's going to probably be the guy who gets targeted more than uh, from Ryan Tannehill, despite the fact that defenses are probably going to treat it the other way around. Defenses are going to play Julio Jones as the wide receiver one. That's how I predict it because Julio Jones, he's a future Hall of Famer. You know the name. You're scared of the name. You fear the name. Defensive coordinators have been game planning against him as the number one since he's been in the league almost. So despite maybe his rookie year, because he was also there with like Roddy White. So Roddy White was the number one for a year or two before Julio absolutely took over. But these defensive coordinators, these defensive players, they know Julio is an alpha. They've been game planning him for him, game planning for him as a wide receiver one for a long time. So why would that change? I don't think it's going to. So it's going to make AJ Brown's life way easier. He's going to get more targets anyways because he has pre-established chemistry with Ryan Tannehill as opposed to Julio Jones. Plus, he's probably going to have a better chance at staying healthier. That's kind of up in the air. Because Julio Jones really just missed games for like the first time ever in the last six years. He always plays through his injuries. So we'll see what happens. But also remember this, and this is ridiculous. A.J. Brown last year, despite being super good going off, was playing with a messed up foot the whole time. And he said he, he, he didn't tell anybody about it until the season was over. And then he had surgery. So he could be better just from that alone. So there's so many things going A.J. Brown's way. I think he's going to have a great season. Now let's talk about who's going to lead the league in receptions. Stephon Diggs, I think, will be the reception leader at 132 receptions. Number two is where it gets super, super spicy. I've got my guy. I I should say I've got my boy or Boyd, Tyler Boyd. 123 receptions is what I have him projected for right now. Now, don't freak out. Okay, do not freak out because I'm probably going to adjust it a little bit here and he'll probably get knocked down to like 111 receptions. Because right now I have Tyler Boyd at a 20, I think 22 or 23% target share. Probably going to knock it down to 21 and a half just with some different reports that I've been seeing. Uh, not anything negative towards Tyler Boyd. Just I've been seeing a lot of good stuff about T. Higgins and how he's like 
developed how I thought and what I was trying to tell everybody to buy into was him being the new Brandon Marshall because Brandon Marshall came into the league and he was that was my pro comp for Higgins. Brandon Marshall came into the league similar size to Higgins, similar weight, was skinny, and then he bulked up and was an absolute monster that nobody knew how to deal with. And that's exactly what T. Higgins is in the process of doing. He's bulking up, he's adding that muscle, and he's going to be ridiculous. He's going to be ridiculous, guys. He might be the wide receiver one even three years from now over Jamar Chase for the Bengals. He really might. I love T. Higgins. So it's really just I'm going to take a percent or two away from Boyd and give it to Higgins. So Boyd will get knocked down a tiny bit, but he's still going to be 100-plus receptions. So keep an eye out for Tyler Boyd. Keenan Allen I have at third most receptions, 119, and Devontae Adams for fourth most at 118. The thing with Devontae Adams, why I don't think he will be as high as before, is there's better weapons around him. Randall Cobb, Devin Funches looked really good in the preseason with Jordan Love, and not that the Jordan Love part matters, just saying. Um, And Amari Rogers was added as well, another guy I like. So you've got a lot of weapons. Devontae Adams was super over-targeted with over a 32% target share last year. That does not usually repeat itself if there are new pieces added to an offense, which was the case here. So that's why I have Devontae Adams a tiny bit lower. But overall, receptions. Stephon Diggs will lead. Receiving yards, Calvin Ridley will lead. And touchdowns, Tyreek Hill will lead with 15. I have Devontae Adams at 13, A.J. Brown at 13, and CeeDee Lamb at 11. Now let's talk about the tight ends, and then we'll get into the hot takes. So I only got one thing to say about the tight ends, because everybody knows the answer is Kelsey, 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 Kelsey. So... Which tight end, I want you to think about this with me. I'm going to give you a few seconds after I ask the question. Which tight end will be third in receptions behind Kelsey and behind Waller? Brandon, what about George Kittle? Guys, just know that Trey Lance, especially the way he's looking in the preseason, is going to make this offense less pass-heavy than it already has been. And Ayuk is going to have a role that grows. Debo's looking good. They're all healthy together. George Kittle's probably not going to get as many targets as you want him to. So, keeping that in mind, now you can still answer that, you know, to each his own. But keeping that in mind, which tight end do you think will be third in receptions? I'll give you five seconds. All right, that's good enough. I have Dallas Goddard. Now, it's somewhat contingent upon how long Zach Ertz is an eagle. If Zach Ertz plays the entire season as an Eagle, that would be super annoying, super frustrating. I wouldn't understand why they would keep him. Because if he's playing the whole season and he's taking snaps away from Dallas Goddard, that means Zach Ertz looks good. If Zach Ertz looks good and he's at the end of his career, why are you wasting him? Trade him because the Eagles have no chance to do anything this year. Trade him and get something for him in return. So I find it very hard to believe that Zach Ertz is going to have a huge impact on Dallas Goddard because one of two things are going to happen. He's going to be really bad and Dallas Goddard's just going to take over or he's going to be really good and get traded. So that's at least how I would be if I was a general manager of the team. If he looks good, I'm taking advantage of it. So I think Dallas Goddard will be the dude there. And Jalen Hurts last year targeted the tight end position almost 50% of the time. Now, granted, I know how to Take a couple context, right? The wide receivers were absolute garbage last year. It was super ridiculous how bad the wide receivers were. But 
And do I expect that to come down? Do I expect the target share, the 50% target share to come down when they added Devonta Smith and Jalen Rakers healthy now? Absolutely. You should know how to finish it. If you finished it, there's only one person that probably knows how to do that. If you finished it, you're very near and dear to my heart. So for everybody else, absolutely. Absolutely, I expect that this team is not going to throw to the tight end position as much. So why do I think Dallas Goddard's going to be third? Because Dallas Goddard is probably going to get a 20-plus percent target share. And for a tight end, that's super rare. Super, super rare. TJ Hawkinson will also get that. But Dallas Goddard's more efficient than TJ Hawkinson. So that's why I have Dallas Goddard being third in receptions. Now, you could make the case for Kittle still because he's great. You can make the case for TJ Hawkinson, absolutely. But I'm going with Dallas Goddard. I'm kind of going out on a limb here, but his ADP is going to drop and drop and drop as Ertz stays an eagle. So his value is just going to get better and better, and I'm still buying him up right right there at the 7-8 turn or around 8. He'll probably drop into around 9 or 10 when it's all said and done right before the season starts. So I'm getting my Dallas Goddard shares, that's for sure. Thank you guys for listening to this part. Now we're going to get into the hot takes, but I'm going to drop and add real quick because I'm going to give my voice box a break and grab some water. What's up, divers? Do you guys enjoy a good workout like me? Well, guess what? I've got the perfect nutrition for you, and that is Built Bar. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18-pack, their standard rotation, not any holiday or special event items. My favorite is banana bread, followed very closely by coconut. I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code Deep Dive to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. All right, guys, let's get into the hot takes. Matthew Stafford, that's where we're starting, passes for more than 5,000 yards. Yes, sir. He will be third on the passing list. That's how I have it projected right now. Passing for more than 5,000 yards. You've got Cooper Cup. You've got Robert Woods. You've got Tyler Higby. You've got Van Jefferson. You've got Jacob Harris, who's getting a whole bunch of hype. You've got Sean McVay. And that's all you need. That's all you need. Stafford is super talented. Super talented. Been pretty efficient, like average efficiency among quarterbacks, despite how bad of a situation he was in So and how often he was hurt. So if he stays healthy, this guy is going to light it up this year, especially after the first few weeks when he gets more comfortable and starts learning that offense better and has more practice reps and experience with all of his new teammates. Hot take number two. Two rookie quarterbacks will finish inside of the top 12 for fantasy football. I'm talking Justin Fields, Trey Lance, 
or Trevor Lawrence. It definitely won't be Zach Wilson, definitely won't be Mac Jones. But between Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, don't be surprised if two of these guys finish inside the top 12. Because as much as Urban Meyer wants to say it's a quarterback competition, Trevor Lawrence is the starter all season. Now, Justin Fields, if he keeps doing what he was doing in that first preseason game, showed his legs, showed his mobility, showed his accuracy, being able to throw on the run, if he does stuff like that, it's going to be hard to sit him. It's going to be hard to sit him. He might be starting week one as well. And if he starts week one, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. And Trey Lance especially because of the rushing. Now, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, they both run the ball. That's why they'll both have a great opportunity at doing this. But Trey Lance, more than the others, if he starts all season, I would almost lock in top 12. Now, it might be towards the back end, but he would be Jalen Hurts, what Jalen Hurts was doing last year. He would be doing it in a better offense, and he's a better passer. And he's probably he's probably a better runner, too. So I like, I love these three rookie quarterbacks. think they're going to do great, and I think two of them are going to finish in the top 12. Now let's hit hot, hot take number three. Joe Burrow finishes outside of the top 12 quarterbacks. Right now, he's being drafted about quarterback 10, uh, depending where you're looking, sometimes quarterback 8, sometimes quarterback 12. I think he's going to be outside the top 12 quarterbacks, no matter if he's 100% healthy or not, because he still has a horrible offensive line. He's going to be less likely to run the ball coming off this double knee injury, and that was something that really helped him. I mean, the legs saved him a lot of times. It helped extend drives a lot of times, and he had a decent amount of rushing yardage and rushing touchdown upside because of the legs. All of that stuff is going to go down, maybe go away, So at least this year. So Joe Burrow, I think, is kind of being overdrafted right now, unfortunately, because, yeah, he's going to throw the whole, the ball a whole bunch, and he's got three good wide receivers, but the offensive line sucks, which kind of negates the awesome trio of wide receivers that he has, and losing the rushing ability hurts him. So especially with these rookie quarterbacks coming in that can run the ball and will still be passing a lot and all that good stuff, it's hard for me to see Joe Burrow just being really good. And that division, too. Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Those are three really good defenses. So, And he's going to play them two times each. So no thank you on Joe Burrow. Hot take number four. This is This one's going to knock most of you guys... You're going to be very mad at me for saying this. But if it comes to fruition, I want some credit, all right? Najee Harris is going to outscore everyone's favorite Jonathan Taylor. Najee Harris is going to get just as much work on the ground. He's going to get just as much carries as Jonathan Taylor. But he's going to get better receiving usage. Yeah, receiving usage. And he's probably going to get even more carries. I wouldn't be surprised because you know who Najee Harris doesn't have to deal with? Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins, and Naheem Hines. Now, you'll say those are just guys. Well, Marlon Mack's been really good. Give him some credit. And he's looking pretty decent off the, uh, what was it, Achilles? Achilles tear, I think. He's looking pretty decent. So, yeah, it was Achilles because that's what happened. just happened to Cam Akers and everybody's worried about it. So, anyways... Najee Harris, he's going to outscore Jonathan Taylor in PPR formats because he's going to get used similar, not to the full extent, but similar to Le'Veon Bell. He's a great receiver, like very good receiver. He's got really good size. He's pretty fluid, to be honest, especially considering his size and how big he is. So 
I love Najee Harris this year. He is inside my top six or seven, and Jonathan Taylor is RB 11 or 10, 10 or 11 for me. So I have Najee Harris above him, and I'm all about it. Hot take number five, DeAndre Swift gets more than 70 receptions. We talked about it already, but when you're looking at that offense, Jared Goff is going to throw close to the line of scrimmage. That's going to be Najee, or not, not Najee. That's going to be DeAndre Swift. It's going to be TJ Hawkinson. It's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. And maybe Tyrell Williams will get some good usage on the outside. Maybe Brashad Perriman on the outside. But a lot of those targets are going to be funneled closer to the line of scrimmage, to the outside, uh, like five yards, going to the sidelines, and then a bunch of slants and stuff over the middle. So, and dump offs. That's going to be great absolutely great for DeAndre Swift and he's building a great rapport with TJ Hawkinson I I understand that but let's be real he can't just target TJ Hawkinson and the wide receivers are not not good enough to be getting 60% of the team targets so it's hard for me to see DeAndre Swift getting less than like a 15% target share probably at worst at worst so Jamal Williams being there not worried about that either so that's why I'm all in on DeAndre Swift at his current price. His ADP is like round four or round three. I'll take that every single time as my RB3 because I usually stack running backs. Hot take number six. Tyler Boyd finishes top 24 and finishes above Jamar Chase. He is the wide receiver 40 off the board right now. He will almost cut that in half with where he finishes. Maybe he will cut it in half. And he's going to be better than Jamar Chase pretty much nobody that I know except for maybe two people agree with me on this so this is one that I'm definitely going to be watching because I am victory lapping the hell out of this take if it goes through and I really do believe it's going to go through I'm not just taking a shot in the dark and seeing if I get lucky I really do have it projected this way now we've got hot take number seven Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both finish as top 12 wide receivers kind of goes hand in hand with Matthew Stafford and how good I think he's going to play. They are going to be the main two targets. They're going to get a whole bunch of looks in the red zone, especially with Cam Akers being hurt now and having Stafford opposed to Jared Goff. I bet you Sean McVay loves the idea of being able to pass in the red zone, but because of the limited Jared Goff and having better running backs, he's like, you know what? Like, let's just run it. Let's just run it. But now, He's like, I got Stafford. And when he talks about Stafford, you can see he is gushing. He's gushing. He's so excited. He's like, watching him talk about Stafford is like talking to your boy when he starts talking to a girl that he really likes. So, um, not not saying I'm speaking from personal experience or anything. Just, <laughs> just in general, you know. So, um, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're going to be great. Henry Ruggs. Hot take number eight, Henry Ruggs is going to become relevant this year. He's going to post more than 800 total yards, and people are not going to call him a bust anymore. LaVisca Chenault, hot take number nine, LaVisca Chenault outscores Chase Claypool and, because a lot, like, that's like 50-50 people will agree with me, but he also will outscore Brandon Ayuk. So that's what makes it hot, because I'm not saying he's going to outscore just Claypool or just Ayuk. He's going to outscore both. LaVisca's probably going to get the most targets. And he's just as good of a receiver as the other guys. He's definitely better than Claypool. And him and Ayuk are both really good receivers. It's hard to say who's better. LaVisca has better hands. Ayuk's probably a little bit better after the catch. But LaVisca's really good after the catch, too. It's it's tough. And Ayuk has good hands, too. They're both really good receivers that were found 
later in either the back of the first or the middle top of the second round last year in the draft. So I like both of these receivers a lot, but I do think LaVisca is going to outscore Ayuk and Claypool because he's going to get likely the most targets. He's going to be in a decent offense, but he can do a lot. So I'm really excited for LaVisca Chenault. He's a back-end wide receiver two or top-end flex player for me, way above his ADP. He's being drafted similarly to Tyler Boyd around wide receiver 40 range. I think he's going to be right around wide receiver 25 range. Then the last hot take I'm going to give you guys, TJ Hawkinson, but also Dallas Goddard, lead their team in targets. And yes, like I said, you know, the Ertz thing is possible, a possible limiting factor, but I don't really think it's going to go through for very long. If he's on the team still, I think he'll get traded or he'll be really bad. But it's rare to have more than like three, four teams where a tight end leads the team in targets. Well, Travis Kelsey's probably going to lead in targets for the Chiefs. Him and Tyreek Hill will be pretty close, but don't be surprised if Kelsey leads that team. Waller's obviously going to lead his team in targets. Kittle, I see, I don't think Kittle will anymore, so that's actually only two so far, but TJ Hawkinson definitely will. He'll definitely lead the team in, his team in targets, so that's three. I think Dallas Goddard's going to be the fourth, and the uh, other possible one would be Mark Andrews. Um, I wouldn't be surprised there. That one's like kind of weird because sometimes Mark Andrews is Lamar Jackson's favorite target, sometimes not. But Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson are both going to lead their team in targets. Everyone's like all over Devonta Smith. I don't see him getting more targets than Dallas Goddard. I really don't. So that's what I got for the hot takes. Remember those and we'll get back to them. Hopefully, if we remember, feel free to, to call me out uh, if, you know, these go bad or if they go good, just feel, feel free to be like, hey, Brandon, don't forget to come back to your hot takes at some point during the off season or towards the end of the year, we can go take a look at them. But thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys have a good one and I will see you or speak to you next time. Peace.